brand new episode of Shortbox Summary. It has been a minute, but we are back. I'm your host, George. Thank you so much for being here. It's a big internet, and I appreciate you finding my small little corner of it. <sighs> While we're here, hit like, hit subscribe, do all those cool things that help the show grow. That would be incredibly fun and fantastic of you. I'd really appreciate it. We got a special episode today. Uh, two friends of mine from a show that uh, I've actually been on and we got a recurring guest. We've got Andy Larson and Chad Smith from Last Comic Shop. They're here. They're here at Shortbox Summary. We're talking about Wolverine. I'm so excited. Did I say Last Comic Shop? Oh no, you 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 got it all right, okay. George. You're you're one. Okay, cool. I got because I'm like, oh, it's the Last Comic Podcast. I always want. No, you're that. yeah. I actually appreciate that because a lot of people don't know what the heck we're talking about. Exactly. They think it's some sort of like <laughs> comedian place. They're like. Hey, I saw that stand up there at that last comic shop. You guys do improv? Or they want to buy books. It's, it gets awkward. But yeah, we're a podcast. And our Real. podcast is basically like a comic book book club. Each week we pick a book and read it and talk about it. Uh, we run the gamut. We do Marvel. We do DC. We do Image. We do Indie. We do Marvel again. Uh, but yeah, we're all over the place. Uh, and it's just a, a good time to hang out and talk about comics with some buddies. Yeah. Yeah, we want people to pick up comics because, again, people watch the shows, they watch the movies, but are they reading, really, America, other places other than America? Are you reading? Have you read recently? Have you picked up a comic book? Have you found a spinner rack? We're here to help. <laughs> Although, I don't know where many spinner racks are anymore. Those are... Don't you have one in your basement? <laughs> Tough to find. Well, it, it's on wheels. Oh, it it's a wheel spin. rack, not a, not a spinner rack. Okay. Yeah. It's a different it's a different version of locomotion. <laughs> it doesn't spin. Oh. <laughs> Just roll. Any case. Hi, George. We're here. <laughs> Thanks you, for you, having you, us. Hi, guys. You can take the show back over. <laughs> Thank you again. so much. Thank you so much for being here. Andy, welcome back. Chad, welcome to Shortbox Summary. Uh, invited you here because we're finishing up the story that Andy and I started, uh, Wolverine uh enemy of the state the first six issues they happen in wolverine volume three issues 20 through 25 and this is the follow-up this is wolverine agent of shield from issues 26 to 31 from volume three and gosh darn i'm so excited to talk about this story guys this is a crazy story a lot happens so many bodies hit the floor so many as they say <laughs> yes it is this. a um, blood bath. I think, doesn't he give a number in this at some point? He's like, I've got to kill oh, I, a pajillion I'm a huge people. stat nerd. I wrote down, I wrote down some numbers. <laughs> I, I wrote them all down. Don't worry. And everyone's uh, before like, we jump into things, though, Andy, we talked. Andy, we talked last time. Uh, this is going to sound different as an episode, by the way. We were having some recording difficulties on the program we normally use. So we're only getting one audio track. So we're going to do our best to... Uh, keep a contained and uh, organized show, but that's also probably not going to happen. Gonna so happen. Just strap yeah. in right now. It's not yeah. going to happen. It's my bad gang. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's always Chad's <laughs> bad. He's terrible. <laughs> we needed you here, Chad. We have no, but no problem accommodating for guests. Um, we know Andy was in a bit of a comic lull around this time, right? When Wolverine enemy of the state was coming off. Chad, were you reading comics when the story was coming out? Were you, actually picking this up off the stands so i believe i was this was what 2004 ish 2005 
Okay, 2005. So, yeah, this was in the build-up to Civil War. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, when you guessed it on our show, George, we were talking about Brian Michael Bendis' Daredevil run, which uh, was around 2001 between that and the Bendis New Avengers. That kind of pulled me back into comics. And so uh, this was actually uh, building up to one of the high points. I think 2006, 2007 for me uh, was just great. And the the build up to Civil War, and that was a crossover that actually paid off before we started getting into the secret invasions, which were cool, but kind of a letdown. And I felt like every Marvel crossover since then is like, oh, it's a neat idea. And then the follow through just never never got me as well as Civil War did. And then on the DC side of the equation, you had 52, not new 52, mind you, but 52, the weekly series with Mark Wade and all those other folks, uh, which was really exciting. And it was one of the first times I became a, a weekly Wednesday warrior going to comic shops because I couldn't wait to see what was happening next. So, yeah, I, I, I was in it to win it, man. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, 52 is what got me like convinced to go every week. You know, I would always check like Marvel.com, DCComics.com. Anything good coming out this week? Oh, I can wait a week. I, I, I can I can go this weekend. It's it's not that important. And then 52 got me in every single week. So I completely agree with you. And uh, I also agree that this was a high point. That's why we started this show. We That's why I started this show. Uh, just talking about these books, trying to figure out if they were good. Or if I was 15, that is the, the question we're trying to answer, really, <laughs> nice. uh, at the heart of this show. Have you figured it out yet? Have you figured it out yet, George? Or do we, we need another... You know, I just wonder... Uh, probably another, like, 50 episodes. Okay. Uh, a I lot of the this... stuff holds up better than I think, but it's less epic than I remember. But it's it's ah. better than I better than I thought it would be. But it's uh, but the sheen hasn't come off completely. It's not like, you know, it's sometimes with some of this stuff, you can't go home again. You're just like, ah, right. This was a time and a place. And Andy and I are both big He-Man fans. And I went back and some episodes of He-Man hold up. And then other episodes, it's like, oh, my goodness, this is was I brain damaged. No offense. <laughs> No, yeah. we were six. Like God, there, there damn. was same, same with Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> level of storytelling. Yeah, that's going to appeal to a six and seven year old, and it's not much. It's, it's pretty straightforward. So, George, yeah. I'm curious. In your journey, what has been the biggest drop off you found, or something you thought was super cool back in the day, maybe not so cool anymore? Honestly, a lot of it's been the movies, too. I've been trying to go, like, in order of the movies, like, as they started really, like, we went back, started with Blade, and, like, Blade holds the hell up. That movie still fucking rips. I, I nice. Really enjoy it still. Um, Blade 2, not as good as I remember. Everyone always talks about how it's the best one. I'm like, eh, I would actually rather watch the first Blade movie, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but besides that, like, I don't remember being super into the pulse when it was coming out. Like, I always thought that book was kind of boring and like reading it back now. I'm just like, oh, this was actually like way cooler and way smarter than anything I remember coming out at the time. Oh, yeah. It's Bendis doing street stuff. How could it be go, go wrong? Oh, There's a lot of ways the best. it can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Bendis fan. Uh, spoilers. I'm not. not. <laughs> spoilers for an upcoming episode. We're we're doing Alias, and I've been rereading Alias, and goddamn, that book is like borderline perfect. That's like everything I want from from oh, a comic, at, I think. And at the time, you're like, Luke Cage is doing what, 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 what? 
did not see that coming literally in a superhero comic out of Marvel. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Who knows who's listening to this? You watch your mouth, Chad. Sorry. It is what it's it is. Sorry. It's it's not as many people as you think. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only a, only a few would be offended. It's all right. <laughs> I, I like the honesty. Plus, this is an explicit show. You guys don't really get to uh, cuss or, or shoot from the hip on on last last comic shop. So it's true. Uh, free Chad. Let Chad cook. That's true. <laughs> Drop all the f bombs you want, brother. We don't I have am... any. We don't have any kindergartners listening to this show. I have so many f bombs. Uh, but I do like them better when they're beeped. I think it's more fun that way. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the level of mystery. Do you really say it? Who knows? Yeah. It's like uh, like keeping the lights off. <laughs> yeah. The imagination is far more graphic than anything I'll actually say out loud. No, you don't want to see the show. <laughs> no. It'll exactly. scare you. Yeah, you think my tweets are bad? You should see my draft folder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Chad, you guys ready to jump into it? Oh, we are. Like, heck yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool, cool. We are starting um, with issue 26 of Wolverine, volume three. Uh, This is written by Mark Millar and drawn by John Romita Jr. This issue came out March 16th, 2005. And this issue opens with insight on Gorgon's past. Born in Japan, he was essentially a prodigy from a very young age, learning to speak and write by age one. By age four, he was a renowned artist, and by age six, he had tried to commit suicide for a second time. Years later, he discovers the hidden lair of the hand and dedicates his life to their purpose, killing his family and friends to show he is without fear and killing himself to show his unmatched dedication to the cause. That was a nice little... (laughs) A nice little prequel, right? Like to the Wolverine story. Like that seemed a little out of place if you weren't reading the previous issues. But just yeah. like, holy shit, this is hardcore. Right, right. It, it is like textbook uh, pumping the tires of your main villain. Like if you want to really like, look how awesome this guy was. He was like, I don't know, solving, you know. Th- I think, what was it? The He proved the existence of God or something. I'm just like, all right. Oh, throw it out there. You know. (laughs) Mathematically, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, I mean. Well, no, you're right. It is a great buildup. And then they have those little touches where it's like, yeah, he did this great thing by four. And he did this great thing by six. And by seven, he had tried to commit suicide twice. But then he did this great thing. And it's simultaneously (laughs) impressive and heartbreaking. And you almost feel for the guy until you're like, wait, no, no, this is a terrible, terrible mutant human, whatever you want to call him. Right. Right. And I think it's awesome. I mean, are we getting into how, like, he joins the hand? I thought it was hardcore. Like, that was just like, that is commitment, (laughs) sir. Resurrect me. All right, fine. Sure. (laughs) If you want to. It's okay. it's especially cool because, like, in the last series, like, the coolest thing he did was, like, fuck that 90-year-old chick, right? Like, that <laughs> was, like, <laughs> I would use a different word, but like, go ahead. <laughs> okay, sorry. When he made love to that 90-year-old, or 200-year-old, 170-year-old Elsbeth. <laughs> sweet, sweet love. Like, they uh, they had Rose Petals and Marvin Gaye. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> it was, it, Not me. Just try to get that picture out of your mind for the rest of the evening. Thank you. 
It was the best of lays. It was the worst of lays. Uh, all right, moving on with the story. <laughs> the superhero community is on high alert as Hydra has reclaimed 60 to 70 recently deceased members of the superhuman community of heroes and villains alike. Though they lost control of Wolverine, they've gained control of Elektra, their new lieutenant carrying out deadly operations to claim more supers for Hydra's growing army, including Northstar, the ally and X-Man that Wolverine killed at the end of issue 25. While in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, Wolverine is undergoing reprogramming theory, uh, sorry, reprogramming therapy, experiencing 50,000 simulations per minute and only beginning to show signs of improvement on day three. In 12 to 18 hours, Wolverine should be completely back to normal. However, the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier with Wolverine and Nick Fury is suddenly attacked by all those missing heroes and villains. And that is the end of issue 26. So when we talk about just like an opening to a story arc, right, this is a little different because it's really part six of 12, but like it's the beginning of a second story arc. Did you guys think this was a solid opener? I mean, it had that. This is the issue, right, with the, the 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 splash page, right, where all of those guys are flying towards the helicarrier, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, they're holding dumbbell bombs, yeah. It, it, talk about like why I love John Romita Jr. Like that was just awesome. I didn't know who half those people were, but it didn't matter. They had all awesome costumes. They all looked different. Lots of great colors. Lots of great looks. Kind of like something that I would see like back in the day from, you know, Jack Kirby, where it was just like that bombast of like Silver Age just flying at the screen. You can tell that like his dad was somebody that was like a legend of that era that knew how to draw that. So like, I like I loved it. I think that was my favorite <laughs> image in this entire six issue stretch. But I will be very honest with you. It's sometimes and I'll get into this with, while we move on to other other uh, issues. This whole arc, whether it was the first arc of the first six issues or the second arc with this, it's it, it, it simultaneously seems like, yeah, this belongs in the Marvel Universe. But at the same time, it also felt to me like there's no way this could exist in the Marvel Universe. Like, they're not going to, like, take all these people off the board. This is more people than the Scourge of the Underworld killed. And, like, that was a huge deal. Right. <laughs> so let me chime in here. And since I know you a little bit, Andy, I, I think uh, this is something that I know grates on your nerves a little bit is when writers like Abendus, or in this case, Mark Millar does not give a flying floppy bunny about <laughs> continuity or, you know, random characters popping up. He'll kill a thousand characters in this story and it doesn't matter this sort of exists in its own space like mark millar is writing movie scripts in comic book form and continuity be darned i think it was kind of a cheat at the time right because like marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy in the 90s and then in 98 they started their marvel knights line and then uh, like throughout the next couple of years really until new avengers kind of made mainstream marvel continuity cool again like, there were all these Marvel Knights books. Like, there was Marvel Knights Fantastic Four. And it was just like, okay, is this the real Fantastic Four book? Or is, like, the Wade Waringo Fantastic Four? Like, is that the flagship Fantastic Four book? So I feel like if you had Marvel Knights banner on your on your issue, kind of like this story did, you kind of had uh, uh, courtesy to just do whatever the fuck you wanted to. Whether it was, you know, going to adhere to the universe at large 
or not because we talked about numbers there's numbers at the end of the story that will fucking drop your jaw like this is like like communists in like the 1950s like would struggle to kill this many fucking people right like this is like you know death death camp numbers of 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 body counts and it was just like jesus christ like is anyone like is there an editor here did anyone say no to mark millar when he was doing this but it doesn't matter because you can tell john ramita jr is having so much fun drawing all this gory shit right and the the other thing too is i feel like you have two two ships or two heroes at the height of their powers you have john ramita jr in the midst of his brutality phase that would spill over into kick-ass and uh the rain dark or dark rain remember that issue where he cuts up uh punisher yes dakin does and uh like this is the john ramita that you have here and honestly i think this is like the last best john ramita jr for a series of years it it isn't until he came back to amazing spider-man that i think he's reached similar levels to his art here but then you have mark millar who like i said earlier he's writing these movie scripts but he is also a master of brutality and then dropping in those slivers of humanity you know whether it's gorgon uh you know having those suicide attempts or whether it's wolverine the thing that takes wolverine out of his savage berserker rage is the one lady who's pregnant and it gives him pause to stop he sprinkles in just enough humanity that it's like okay like i can roll with this it's not just it's not all over the top brutality but boy there's a lot of it there Right. And to your to your point, Chad, like unlike other characters that Mark Millar has done, like I hated his Fantastic Four run. It's kind of like Dan Slott. Right. If, if I like the character, I, I, I hate what he does with these people. Like, I don't care about Wolverine. And in fact, I actually liked this particular six issue stretch more than Wolverine is a bad guy. Like I, I, I was like, yeah, I, I I I get Wolverine being a killing machine on the side of good. Like that's what he does. Like he's a killing machine. You just send him after the bad guys. He's gonna he's gonna rip him to shreds. I'm fine with that. And I'm fine actually with him killing like a kajillion jabronis that are nameless and who who the fuck cares about? Like so I, I I'm not saying that I actually unlike some other things that maybe Bendis or Millar did with characters I enjoy, <laughs> blowing up a vision, <laughs> making Scarlet Witch insane. Like, I didn't care that they were killing, like, North Star. Like, I could, I didn't care. Yeah. And so, like, I and Don't forget glad, Trouble. I was glad that this was, like, a separate continuity. I was just asking the question, is this a separate continuity? Because I don't think it can exist in, like, the regular 616. Like, you just couldn't kill that many people and just be like nope that that's fine that's fine so well that and this is happening during the new avengers time right because like wolverine references the new avengers in the story and it's just one of those things where like i don't think cap in in good conscience would let wolverine on his team with a body count that he's accrued in the last like six months right like they, he mentioned that like he killed over 400 shield agents yeah and, and it's but like, he was okay. mind controlled when you're mind controlled, you can do whatever you want. Put people in boxes, pretend like you're pulling a rope. It's mime control. It doesn't matter. <laughs> pulling a rope. You say mime, you say mime control? <laughs> it's just as dumb. <laughs> I was wondering where it was going with that. I'm glad you figured it out. <laughs> Moving on to issue 27. This came out April 20th, 2005. And I want to note here, there's a Greg Land cover 
of this <gasps> issue that is modeled after Serenko, uh for Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. I understand Greg Land gets a lot of shit. I don't think he should personally, but hot damn is this one heck of a cover. Can, can I interrupt already and start giving the shit? <laughs> okay, please, so, sure. no, Greg Land did the cover for 26 as well. And boy, mm. was I disappointed. <laughs> Just because, oh. the, like, the John Romita art on the inside is like top of his game John Romita art. He does not need Greg Land doing covers. Also, uh, one of the things that I discovered about Greg Land through the years, people talked about how he would just uh, like uh, photo box and trace porn faces. And ever since I heard that, I can't unsee it. Like <laughs> if you look at a Greg Land page, it's all porno faces. <laughs> and every time I see a Greg Land cover, I just I, I breathe in through my teeth and I'm like, ah, and even the cool stuff like the Serenko <laughs> homage, I'm still like, ah, why does bring look like he's ready to go so yeah yeah exactly so what so which porn star was wolverine on that cover with his like his i don't know <laughs> but look at nick fury's steely-eyed gaze he's he's got the pizza and he's wondering what's going on in that room <laughs> look he's he's mere, merely capturing the ecstasy of what it'd be like to be a metahuman in in this crazy wild world that's all right. it is. that's why that's why all the women smile so much that's why all the uh-huh dudes look yeah. brooding well, all the time probably and they I don't do, just smile they really really smile i i do agree with you george <laughs> though it's a hell of a cover it's a hell of a cover and um yeah i mean i'm okay with it i mean yeah. I, I would have rather seen john romita jr get the the cover but it's there and it's pretty and it used to be on my my computer for a while is my my screensaver even though at the time i wasn't reading any of this i just liked the picture i was right. like oh it's a cool picture I'll just yeah because that electra straight up pornography <laughs> <laughs> i was in my 20s i liked straight up pornography at the time yeah it was on my computer what do you think i was like turning my computer <laughs> on for fuck <laughs> <laughs> Just getting going to the Weather Channel or Weather.com? No. <laughs> I mean that too. I mean you got to know yeah, the weather. Yeah, you know what what to wear. But <laughs> Nick right. Fury takes charge of the Helicarrier deck and starts blasting these resurrected villains out of the sky. It seems like it's going uh, to work until <laughs> until Northstar shows up and Man Alive is this dude pissed. Elsewhere on the helicarrier, the revived villains are going ham on S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Before their room is breached, the doctor in charge of deprogramming Wolverine realizes how desperate their situation is and releases him from his suspended animation. And like a horror film, Wolverine cuts up half a dozen villains before they even know what's happening. Fighting his way through the carrier, Wolverine finally makes it to the deck when the whole ship goes down, crashing into the plains of Arkansas below. I disagree with you andy on the last issue like i just i i don't think john ramita jr does scale very well i think he does like momentum very well like i think he does like energy very well and i agree that like he really captures 
that like old school sensibility of comics, but like I didn't think that final splash page looked cool. I thought this panel of like the helicarrier crashing into the planes, like I thought that was like one of his most beautiful panels ever, to be completely honest. So like didn't feature any characters. Like there was just something, it was probably like heavy lifting on the like the coloring, to be honest. But I was just like, oh, like this scale is like fucking incredible. Like this is really good John Romita Jr. shit. Okay. Yeah, I um yeah, I, I can I can dig that, I guess. I mean, I I, I just liked all the all the fancy people oh yeah dude, you're not you're not wrong even oh. even on my podcast you're not wrong it's it's fine <laughs> chad would say i was but yeah I, I i have no qualms about that i um i will say <laughs> this uh my the interesting thing about this particular issue is the fact that like the doctor makes the decision to like let wolverine out of his i don't know his his what is it his this comb this coma reprogramming reprogramming thing when evidently they still needed 12 to 18 hours just about two seconds ago and they and he's only shown like signs of like being normal wolverine like once and it's just like okay yeah sure we're gonna do with this it's fine and and then it, it ends up being like the right call which i was just like okay that 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 stretches you know the my you know my suspension of disbelief just a tad just just saying i think we're an issue too early to talk about that too much uh just because <laughs> it gets bigger and it gets more ridiculous and even more awesome but uh this issue i <laughs> i thought was it was fun just because it established a lot of relationships that i didn't necessarily know were there like who knew Wolverine and Northstar were such good but or such good pals? Like why would that matter? Oh, we haven't. Sorry, we haven't. We. we oh haven't wait, did I miss that, that one? Yet, Chad, hold on. Oh no, I apologize. I. Uh, I it's okay. It's okay. It, it's the, the Gorgon to his and, senses. Oh, go ahead. Finally, to his senses, Wolverine calls Ichiro, the man whose son was kidnapped and killed, to lay a trap for Wolverine to start this whole story back in issue twenty. Beset with rage, Ichiro's wife picks up the phone and uh, says, and as for the offer to that made you to, sorry, and as for the offer you made to wreak vengeance on his kidnappers, to kill the men who snatched our baby, I want you to do it, Wolverine. I want you to hurt them like no one in this world has ever been hurt before. Wolverine gets the intelligence that there's 1,800 hand members, 600 members of Dawn of White Light, and 49,000 Hydra agents, around 52,000 people in total, and he promises to kill all of them. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I'm murdering Sorry, I wanted, to, I wanted to finish the issue description. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insane amount of people. Hey, what is he? he, he I don't know. You have to have a kind bar after that or something. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> just the amount of carbs you're going to just use just straight up. I don't know. That's like doing Tough Mudder with bodies. Kill it. This is not, I, I see, I, I, I don't need, like, at some point, those numbers become so ridiculous that, he, I don't know, Mark Millar could have said, he has to kill a million people. And I would have still said, like, all right, how is he going to? Because, like, that's just an enormous number. Like, it's just unfathomable. Like, you could kill that many people, right? But that's why Mark Millar has so that's... many movies under his belt. Like, he he has got that scope. 
52,000 people is the entire population of Sierra Vista, Arizona. Like, just so we're, like, 100% clear. Like, he intends to kill, like, an entire fucking city. That is five times the population of, like, a 108-square-mile area that I live in. Like, that's just, that's a lot of fucking people, is, right? is, is my point. Yeah, but how many skyscraper-sized giant killer robots do you have in your city? <laughs> Don't forget Wolverine's uh, packing Sentinels, which well, is the yeah. other thing the doctor signed off on. Yeah, but, well, that, isn't that coming up too? Or did we get? We don't think we got to there yet. Am I? I keep skipping ahead. Spoiler ever. I'm so sorry. You Can I go back one issue to the other point I wanted to bring up? Oh, good. In issue 27, issue 27, you get nude Wolverine. Is there any superhero oh. that's more nude, more nudie than Wolvie, on a consistent basis? Honestly, that felt like fucking lethal weapon. Like, how many shots of, like, Mel Gibson just, like, buck naked, like, standing in, like, a hallway or, like, in a shower just washing off the shitty day he just had? Like, that felt full 80s action buddy cop movie, right? Oh, yeah. And I guess that's to Chad's point why Mark Millar has all these movies under his belt. Because he's just taking pages out of that. He's just, at this point, he's just like, you know what was awesome in this one movie? When the hero had to wash off the blood of all the dead people. He just (laughs) fucking murdered! (laughs) Awesome! Here's a monster energy drink. Drink it. Not as, no, I, I, look, what I'm going to say is this. This was a cool issue, and I'm still on board. George, we did this previous show. You can listen. By this time, in issue two of the first run, I was like, he he stabbed a shark, but I was already starting to fall off. This, I'm I'm on board by issue two still. Like, I'm like, I want to see where this goes. Like, this is crazy, and it doesn't make a lick of sense, but at, at this point, it's an action movie, and I got an action hero, not an action villain, like I had in the first mm. series, right? I didn't, I'm not rooting against Wolverine, which just seemed weird. I'm like rooting for him. So I'm just like, yeah, dirty Harry, these people, just kill them all. Yeah. Callahan. It's Mel Gibson once he's got himself straight and he's still fighting the demons. But uh, right. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to mention, and this is most likely an unpopular opinion, but uh, I do believe the astonishing X-Men Wolverine costume, Wolverine's best look. No, I agree. I agree no. 100%. I don't actually, I don't like the brown costume that much, to be honest. What? Say what? Even in that Art Adams picture, the Art Adams cover. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, the yellow X-Men classic one? Or you're, you're looking for the brown. The, the brown is, no. No, the brown's the best. The brown's the best. He's a, It makes him look like he's from the woods. Yellow <laughs> makes him stand out. Wait, why would he wear that? Why would a hunter in the woods wear bright yellow? Not going to happen. It's, it's you like would wear it's, brown. It's and like Batman. <laughs> it's like Batman in the Dark Knight Returns, right? Where it's just like people don't realize like this is a target, you know? And so it's like he's wearing yellow because he's like, I fucking want you to see me. Like, do your best. I want you to see me coming. Heck yeah. And he gets like those black stripes down the side, like the dark blue black, like where he does kind of blend in and stand out at the same time. It's so yeah. creepy. I can't remember. Does he have the short mask in the, like the short, the short, uh, I don't know like what you call it. The V's off of his head. Yeah. Uh, that, don't tell John Romita. Cause he draws them like the old ones. 
Right. But they were I, a little bit shorter, classically. I, I do like the shorter ones. Like, the larger they become, then they just look like, yeah, that's another thing that's going to get shot off very easily. Like, keep them nice and just like a crew cut. It's just nice, tight. But I, the little pads on the, the gauntlets, like, he finally has a place to store stuff. <laughs> I can't take the big ears seriously, or like the big front face whatever because that just reminds me of a uh, deflator mouse from the tick yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all i can think about when i see him with like the giant like pauldrons fins. like face pauldrons is that what they're the fins okay we'll call them yeah fins. we'll call them the fins. ones that just like go up like six inches it's it's preposterous it's such a stupid look i hate it <laughs> yeah but no you both are you both are wrong and i hope people that are listening to this show they're both wrong. It's the Browns costume. That's 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 the way to roll when you're Wolverine. So anyways. Well, maybe on maybe on your show, uh, the Brown costume's the best. The official short box summary standing is that uh, the astonishing X-Men costume is the best look. Anyways, <laughs> what happens in issue oh. three, George? You're you're always welcome here on Shortbox Summary Island, Chad, for your your costume opinions, I promise. Thank you, sir. Great. Thank you. Let's move on here. I'm feeling a little picked on. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Wolverine 28 came out May 18th, 2005. Shield is down. Six stations were hit simultaneously when the heli carrier was taken out. And Northstar, now the leader of Dawn of White Light, is on a rampaging murder spree across the United States. Wolverine manages to catch up to him in a bar and tries to talk him down, but it's no use. And when his buddy teleports two dozen more supers in, it becomes an all-out brawl that leads to Wolverine being captured, which is all part of the plan. Yeah, it's all part Back of the plan. I, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus. Like, I mean, that. Yeah, I'm honestly getting a little sick of that trope, to be a, a thousand percent honest. Okay. Hap- no, it happens too much. It, it's it's a fair, it's a fair, but again, it, it goes along with everything we've been saying about Mark Millar. Like that's what happens in movies. Like they set him up. Uh oh, now you're not locked in. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And and so no, it, it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine is a tactician. How is he going to kill more people? Just put him a place where he can kill a lot of people. But do we get the Sentinels in this? I can't remember. Do we get the Sentinels? Are you going to say it? Yeah. We we do. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yay! Back at the dawn of White Light Seeker Base, an abandoned oil refinery in Alaska, Logan is discovered to have a chip implanted that hides his mutant gene. Just then, three enormous Sentinels show up and start beating the ever-living shit out of North Star's army. In the confusion, Wolverine escapes his bonds and goes full butcher on the camp. Victorious Wolverine leaves, riding the shoulder of one of the repurposed Sentinels, looking for Hydra's main base. And looking badass. That's another great image. Anytime. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe I like just John Romita having people fly and like have like a big <laughs> rocket exhaust coming out behind him. And he's just like surfboarding on this Sentinel. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do in that situation. No, my favorite is still when you have three Sentinels curb stomping. Uh, the white light guys, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, oh. take a take a glimpse at the the dawn of the white light in the John Romita panels and then flip back to that garbage Greg Land cover. None of these people look like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, all that goodwill I got with the costume talk, George, I'm going to burn it down. 
<laughs> oh my god, I already have Chad Jesus. <laughs> wow, you know, but I, I I will say this again. It's to that point of the the previous. Uh, you know, you get a na- bunch of nameless jabronis. Who knows who these mutants are? Who cares? Like, it's not like it's Pyro mm. and Blob. Like, these are people we care about. No, you don't get those people. It's like, I don't know. Is this the issue where they I- introduce, like, local telepath guy that, like, I don't know, is trying to make a buck and gets punched in the face by Spider-Man occasionally? I'm like, who's this guy? Doesn't matter. He's nameless fodder. <laughs> Wolverine's murder fest later right. on. But I didn't care. I'm still on board. I am still on board because of Sentinels. And the fact that they brought up that they got the Sentinels from the class, uh, classic Avengers fight, which uh, could have been a lot of them. The, I, I, it's amazing how many times actually the Sentinels and the Avengers fought. Um, mm. And some of those are great issues. I, I, it, this is just an aside, and I'm just going to throw it out there, but I'm a comic book historian, and it always bothers me. The Sentinels were, were created, I think, in what, issue 15? my right 15 of of x-men and he, they're in there for like three issues or two or three issues and then for some reason the idea of giant robots that kill mutants was like stan lee was like nah that's that's a that's a garbage idea we don't have to go back to that until like issue like 50 52 when like the series was already tanking long story right. short sentinels are awesome Sent giant robots killing things, great for bad guys. And great for killing things. Use them and use them often. That's that's your public service announcement from the host with the most. So, uh, Chad, anything to add to that? Yeah. Well, uh, no, not on the Sentinel talk. Andy's good at his at his thing, but no, I I was gonna bring up <laughs> the convo with Wolverine and North Star in the bar. And nothing is more fun than we have a a good guy who's being mime controlled and, you know, making the boxes and all that other stuff. But <laughs> listening to them sort of like break loose of all the heroic bonds that keep them back, you know, and he's having Wolverine's having this co- conversation with Northstar and he's like, you can't tell me you're happy. He's like, oh, I, I'm much happier. Uh, Northstar would have some an accent. Oh, much happier. Uh, no, <laughs> Sorry, that, that's Hydra, bub. And he's like, ah, no, no, no. Think of all the things you had to suppress over the years. Ah, North Star. Ah, and all of a sudden, North Star's badass. <laughs> for the same way, no? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's very Quebecois. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's I'm going to go back to the Sentinel for a second. Sorry, Chad. You, you raised no an excellent point. That that was, it, it was fun watching them just, like, cut shit up in that bar. And just, like, Wolverine trying to be, like, the responsible one for once. Uh, that was that was very nice. Uh, but this was happening around the same time, maybe. Uh, like uh, I think this story probably happened eight months after a story called Sentinel came out, and that was by Sean McKeever with uh, pencils and inks by Udon with Eric Vetter, Joe Brines, and Scott Hepburn. And that was also like that, that was a story about like a Sentinel that crashed down in the woods somewhere, I think in like Wisconsin, and like a kid who is. You know, not a mutant or anything, but just like smart, you know, found it and started like just messing around with the circuits and basically made like Iron Giant uh, like in the Marvel Universe. I actually really, really liked that story. I got to interview Sean McKeever on this podcast. It was super fun. We got to just talk about that and in humans and Spider-Man loves Mary Jane and all that. But goddamn, it's just it, this was uh, a golden age of Marvel heroes riding Sentinels to places. <laughs> it's just Heck yeah. I wanted to add. <laughs> 
And that that whole line too was great because it was Marvel. You have the Marvel Knight stuff that's going on in one quarter of the universe, but then they were actually trying to appeal to teenagers with the Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, with the Sentinel series. Like that stuff was so great. And it was like it was just a great time for comic books. It was all over the place and there was something for everybody. I agree. Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane is like probably one of my favorite series of all time. It's just so fun. Like I, oh, that... I, mean, I was a huge sucker for the OC when it was coming out. And this was <laughs> like, what if the what if the OC had superheroes and it was written by John Hughes? And I was just like, okay, like they twist my fucking arm. Like I guess I'll read that book. <laughs> Wolverine twenty nine came out June fifteenth, two thousand five. Wolverine gives us a history lesson on the hand. They're not from feudal Japan, despite popular opinion. Uh, they actually started four billion years ago, and their mission is to dishonor God by destroying what he's made. Their base is a secret city in a hidden forest that's only visible to the outside world for 13 minutes after dawn. And Wolverine comes crashing into those woods on the back of his repurposed sentinel, which is immediately brought down by hundreds of ninjas stabbing its outer shell. Fueled by rage, Wolverine kills them all, maybe a thousand hand ninjas by himself, before being welcomed into the doors of the hidden city. God damn! What? Uh, that was like what? Six pages, maybe seven pages? Yeah. What a what a fucking opener to that issue, right? <laughs> right. So brutal. So brutal. Yeah. There there used to be this saying I had with one of my other buddies that uh, uh, read, read read comic books around this time, and he, he was like. Who would win in a fight, Galactus or a thousand ninjas he swallowed? And and I and I still said, no, it was the <laughs> thousand ninjas that he swallowed, right? Because that's going to give him a lot of heartburn. And like this, it's true. Like this, the, those ninjas, like Wolverine's like, I got a sentinel. Fuck you. And then this, he's just all these, <laughs> <laughs> these ninjas jump on it like a bunch of ants. And then just like, that's it. That's it. No, ninjas, ninjas are awesome. I, I hate to say it, but yeah. Especially mm-hmm. d- d- disposable ninjas <laughs> that don't give a damn about living no more. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was one thing he kept saying is just like they forgot what it is to be human. Like they don't feel fear. They don't do anything. Like he's just like they barely breathe when they like pull their strings back, right? Like on their bows. And he's just like, man, they forgot the habits of 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 being human and like what it actually means to live and breathe and move. And it's just like, oh fuck, okay. One, that's terrifying. Two you're probably doing a service putting them out of right misery. it's oh, yeah. the, the closest thing millar does to letting wolverine justify murdering a bajillion people right <laughs> yeah they, they these are zombie ninjas like mm-hmm. i don't know again i think if you only add the word robot do you get something more awesome than that robot <laughs> zombie ninjas is awesome but zombie ninjas is close enough. Like, I mean, we, we're, it, let's be honest. It, it rounds up. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> a it's a fairly math. decent bad guy. <laughs> now, if they were Nazi zombie robot ninjas, <laughs> even better. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> so punchable. So punchable. Nazi robot zombie ninjas from hell. <laughs> there you go. Even better. You know what else was even better? What's that? If you're gonna have a cover artist, Joe Casada takes over for Greg Land. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness on that one. 
Man, did did Greg Land just did he hit someone you love with a car? Like this is like a lot of animosity for someone who just took. And then he just his, traced over his... their faces and gave them porno <laughs> smiles. <laughs> okay. Chad had a really nice mailbox. It was like <laughs> it, it looked like a a moo cow, and sure, yeah. it was he he had handmade it, and it sat out in front of his house. And every day he'd go out there and he's like, look at my moo cow mailbox. And then Greg Land came along in his <laughs> 1985 Chevy, <laughs> just took it clean off with a baseball bat. That's uh, that's the story all your short box summary fans now have it. So that's, uh, that's you, hate, you hate to see it. God, I know. Sorry, just as much as I hate Greg Land. <laughs> <laughs> It was a nice mailbox. <laughs> All right, back to the issue. Uh, now inside the the hidden city, uh, he talks with the highest elders of the Hand, who share that Gorgon has left the Hand to lead Hydra in the West, and their new Dark Queen Electra will rule in the East. She comes out and they fight, but she's communicating with Wolverine psychically. She tells him to take the group on the left, and she'll take the right. In one slash, she cuts the three hand elders in half, and Wolverine goes berserker on their soldiers. Together, they wipe out everyone. Turns out Electra has died and been resurrected so many times, her ritual had no effect on her, and she's been working deep cover for Fury this whole time. She knows where Gorgon is and where Hydra's secret bases are, and working with Wolverine to take them down. And fuck! <laughs> Because at the end, is that the last panel? I think I'm in love. Let's... He, he does say, I think I'm exactly. in love. Let's <laughs> fuck. I don't care if you're Daredevil's bait. Let's do it. No, it's, it is cool. But I, I didn't understand the whole psychic thing. Because she's like, uh, maybe you have a... I thought, I thought they said, like, you have a psychic block or something. So I was just like, how is this... Is she communicating him with, with like, ninja hand signals or... So I, I I just I didn't get it. I, I I was very confused for a couple pages. I didn't get it either. Uh, I, like I'm sure there is like I'm sure I was just not reading it closely enough where there was like some you know in continuity explanation for why. But uh, this is also the same story where a giant robot you know flew into a hidden city <laughs> and was yeah. brought down by a thousand ninjas. So I'm just like okay like there's there's got to be a reason. There's probably a reason. I can just accept that there is a reason. But uh, that was, uh, thank you for calling out the bad narration I did with not, with not pointing out exactly how they were communicating. Because now that you mention it, yeah, it bothers the shit out of me that I don't have like a more in-depth explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, have you guys not been paying attention? This is Mark Millar. <laughs> if he needs Electra to have psychic powers for two pages, yeah, okay. Who gives a flying whatever? Like... <laughs> She's going to have psychic powers. This is the big redemptive uh, moment that's been paying off from, you know, for the last 10 issues. When Elektra was the Asian of S.H.I.E.L.D., now you finally get them teaming up and taking out bad guys. They're finally on the same side. They're just kicking ass. <laughs> and you don't need a reason. They're just kicking ass. That's right. They're not, they're not, they're not even taking names. That's they're right. kicking no. ass and leaving corpses in their dust. <laughs> I was going to say something, but no, no, I, I, I'm going to show self-control on this show. I've been able to drop a lot of fuck bombs and all that stuff. And I was going to say something else, but no, 
no, I'm going to be show some decorum. It is it is nice that they have joined forces, Chad. It is very good. Uh, that oh, you're de- decorum, Mr. Decorum now, and he's yeah, like, they fuck. <laughs> Yo, Electra, show me that hole. Like, <laughs> like now you're fucking. Exactly. <laughs> Kicking okay. ass, eating ass. It's all good. It's it's fine. No, but I'm serious. I mean, I, it, there's no pay. That's the big pay. That's the, that's the payoff that I didn't get though. It's because like they they don't even allude to it afterwards. He's like, I think I'm in love, and I'm like, okay. Okay. So I, next... I, I think he was speaking like a, like it was a joke. I, I think. He was no, Wolverine. Was he has in this series come on For yeah much, i think i think electra is honestly too elitist to fuck someone shorter than her like i, I like i just like throwing that out there like really yeah so like how, how tall is daredevil because she fucks him all the time well, and wolverine is wolverine's canonically like what like five four or he's supposed right. to be he's yeah. not, he's not drawn he's that really way short right? they always make him way too tall in every single movie like they're all he's always like six two i'm like no way like he's He's at least like five, six, if not. But no, like, I'm serious. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He, yeah. I didn't get that reading buttons. either, George. I just think it's Wolverine, you know, being a little bit flippant after killing a bajillion ninjas. Like, yeah. he found someone to kill bajillions of ninjas with him. Like, mm. I, I'll leave it as pure as that. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to sully it with this other riffraff, rigmarole, whatever. Sully it. All right. Well. Wolverine issue 30 came out July 20th, 2005. Guess what, guys? In the timeline, I had just turned 15. Wow, I'm old. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. Don't mean to to flash here, but uh, yeah, I just turned. When the story came out, I had just turned 15. I'm not 15 15 right now, just so we're 100% clear. Okay, good, good. They've got laws against that. I was gonna say, did you have your parents' permission to be reading these Marvel Knights books? <laughs> right. Well, we're 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 looking at each other on video. I'm like, yeah, this is a beer, but I like I'm I'm only half Latino. Like I I couldn't grow this at 15, so the, just just so we're 100 percent clear. <laughs> All right. Uh, this issue opens with uh, one of those moments that Chad was talking about, right, where it's just like little interjections of humanity, and this has like a Beast, Iceman, uh, Kitty Pride, and Emma Frost. All sort of in uh, like a, a little therapy session, right? Like it's them talking about like their traumas, and they do uh, w- probably it's probably bad writing the way they so quickly deflect their own personal issues to immediately feel bad for Wolverine, right? When they're just like, oh god, like I could have died when Beast is like I was scared as like all the freshmen. It's like God, as bad as we feel, can you imagine how bad Wolverine feels? I'm like, and you could actually spend like some more time on you, like it's yeah, been. But- they only seconds. have three pages. Mark Millar doesn't know that many words. Oh, get in, no. get out, move on. <laughs> it's true. They had yeah. one page actually. <laughs> so that was that was rough. But uh, I think that was like the the issue. The, you're right. The moment of humanity for that issue. He's like, okay, that's out of the way. Now we can get to some you fucked up slicing and dicing. Right. Uh, Wolverine sits nervously waiting for news on North Star's reprogramming. He's been at it twice as long as Wolverine with little effect. Uh, the doctor comes in at this point. He's just like, maybe it was just easier for you to accept what you had done than, uh, than it was for North Star, which was like a big, like, ah, oh, shit, Wolverine probably needs more therapy than he's getting. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I spoke to or I spoke to soon earlier. Uh, this is the issue where he showers. He was just hanging brain before. Like he was just right. naked, rampaging through. This is where he's in the shower. He's in the shower, reflecting on what he's done. He's killed five thousand people in his revenge tour, and it's not over yet. Uh, Wolverine preps for their raid with Elektra and interim Shield head Dum Dum Dugan. There aren't any other superheroes present because Shield isn't taking prisoners this time. So time out from the the summary. Right. Like, like this isn't a war crime, probably. Like legally, <laughs> right? But like it's it's it has an asterisk on it, right? Like we're we're we can agree on that, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. I mean, just like granted, they're all terrorists, sure, but like extrajudiciously murdering five thousand people, <clears throat> uh, yeah. like it just—it just seems like a lot. It oh just yeah, seems, yeah. Uh, I'm still again. This is that scene with the shower. Like again, I thought they were gonna do it because I was waiting. I was waiting for like Electra to join him in the shower, be like, oh, man. "Hey, babe, you dropped soap or something." It just doesn't. <laughs> The only thing Wolverine does more than slice brain is hang brain. That that's just his, <laughs> that's just his shtick. Okay. Now listen, you guys are all focused on the showering part of that shower scene. Uh, there's that special forces bunny story oh, that also yeah. is one of those notes that's so heartbreaking and like I don't know if that's real or not, but I feel like it could be real, and it just makes me sad. Yeah, uh, I purposely left that out because I thought it would bum me out too much to share it. But apparently, as part of the special forces training. Uh, the, these troops are given like a bunny, right? And they're like, okay, you don't have to do anything for the next week. Just take care of this little guy. And uh, they do. They take care of it. He says like the first day is super awkward. The second day, like you warm up to it. And by like the last day, it's like he's your best friend. And then on day seven, uh, you're supposed to kill this bunny and then eat it. And this is like a dehumanizing lesson to like sort of harden these soldiers. And uh, I don't know if that's real or not. I'm going to go ahead and assume it is because I don't want to think of the person who just imagines that story. (laughs) Right. It's too cruel not to be real. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and plus it was, it's rabbit. It's not like a dog or something. (laughs) Dogs matter. Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't eat a dog. Andy, just I'm just saying, like, there is, you're right. Like, you would have to be really screwed up to come up with that story outside of reality, but it, it makes sense. Like people do eat rabbits. Like it's venison. Like it's yeah. No, we've we've all seen Back to the Future Part Three. We know people <laughs> eat rabbits. Yes. So, so. but I, I wanted to jump in. I have two questions about this issue. So the first one, if you go to the double page splash where they invite all the villains to come and fight with them to knock a few years off the sentences, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's like, ah, you can get these guys to do whatever you want. You know, if you promise them a couple years. Question number one is, why don't any of the villains have belt loops? Okay. Like, I think of the Mitch Hedberg bit about, you know, uh, the belt loops and the belts. And, like, the is the belt holding up the pants or the belt loops holding up the belt? Who's the real hero here? We don't know because villains don't have belt loops. <laughs> That's because they don't need belts. Do they have belts, belts in prisons. Oh, they have belts, but no belt but loops. No belt loops. Maybe they're just part of the... Maybe they're like sewn on. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just there for style. You know how like in the mid two thousands, around this time actually, like a lot of women would just like wear a dress and then like a belt to to break it. 
right? Like yeah. around the waist. No, no, no belt loops on sundresses. Exactly. Tombstone. I guess. Tombstone is all about the fashion. He's jumping <laughs> into that battle, I think, in like a polo shirt and a pair of khakis. Yeah. With the. His the shirt, collars popped. His shirt was so popped up. I was like, wait, is that like a, is that a vampire? Like, is that like a Dracula villain? Cause it looks like tombstone. I've seen John Romita jr. Draw tombstone. It, like, it looks like tombstone, but like, is this like a, like a werewolf by night character oh. that I'm like not familiar with? No, I was just like, there's tombstone, there's constrictor. And I then saw, like, there's him. some other person. And I was just like, okay, like these, these are jabronis that, that shield would just, you know, wheel out to be cannon fodder if Suicide necessary. Squad, yeah. yeah. All right. And my second question is actually more of a serious question. And this is one where I, I, I'm breaking my own rule if it's Mark Millar who gives a damn. But uh, so this series is set up for Wolverine to kill all these people and feel bad because that's what Wolverine does. He goes berserker rage and like, oh, I shouldn't have done that thing. Now I'm going to feel a little bad about it and then go with the X-Men and cut more things up. But I want to know, where the hell is Mr. Fantastic? This whole story is based around Hydra stealing Mr. Fantastic's plans and weaponizing them. And sure, you got Wolverine and Elektra slicing and dicing ninjas like nobody's business, but where's the smartest man in the universe whose fault this really is? It, it, it is true. It is. I am glad you brought that up, Chad, because honestly, I, I was thinking in the background that, like, really. In essence, probably Mr. Fantastic could probably have solved this without killing a kajillion people. Probably has a much better uh, deprogrammer that he built and then just threw in his basement somewhere and was just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have this. I guess I could have used it the whole time. But I'm Mr. Fantastic. No, it, it, it's true. Like, but that's that's the whole pro that's the whole problem with all of this. Is like, where is everybody else? Where are the they, Avengers? They say where they are. They say that they're all in hiding because all these heroes and villains have been taken out and they don't want to be like caught with their pants down and then like reprogrammed by Hydra. I really? understand that like, you know, like the, I think in the first issue of this series, like they, it was like a villain, like the spot, right? Was just like, right. what is he doing out there? He was trying to do like a, like a, a, a B and E or something. And I'm not comparing Reed Richards to the spot, but also like, I'm saying like, if there's a mask mandate, like the spot's not going to wear his mask, but Reed Richards would. So if there's like, like, like a, like a shutdown order on superheroes being out and about Reed Richards would be like, all right, me and the kids will stay home and be safe. You know, obviously he should clean up his mess, but also like, I think constraints make stories more fun. And really this is Wolverine's mess. Not, not Reed Richards mess. It's not like Reed Richards got, drugged or something and like left a flash drive with all of his ideas out there it was like forcibly stolen by wolverine right. this is wolverine trying to make his amends so i get it i do, do could this be simpler yes if if i'm sure reed richards would have a device maybe he could get him a goddamn teleporter that worked we'll talk about that in a minute um, <laughs> but uh no like, I, I think this i think this is wolverine taking responsibility for his actions in the previous story i i get it it's a wolverine book it just again that, i think that's another reason why like this has to be happening outside of continuity because like again mark millar is coming and he's telling the stories very specifically and he's like wolverine is the most important like in this story he's the most important it's his book mm -hmm. he's a, he's the most important character in the whole universe only wolverine can fix this mess even though you have people like somebody that wouldn't follow a mandate hulk 
Like Hulk ain't sitting at home. Hulk does does what he wants to do. Hulk will be Hulk. And right. so like you're not gonna say like Hulk, you can't go out there because the hand might take him over. He's like, screw you, I'm the Hulk. I'll do what I want. And so I just mm, I get it. But it's very single. To Chad's point, it's very sing- it's like it's very narrowly focused. Like and it and it really makes you suspend disbelief that like nobody else in the entire Marvel universe would even remotely step up to the plate and say, I'll help. I'll do something, you know? Yeah. I just think fantastic should have popped in at some point and been like, yes, Nick Fury, I am helping you in this way. Like just show a little respect for the mess you've caused. Well, that, I mean, you could go, you could go a step further though. Right. Like, isn't this like, shouldn't, Reed Richards have like some sort of program on his computer where it's like if this data is ever not on one of my hard drives, like it automatically eats itself, right? Yeah. Like, like that's like that's the problem I think with like a lot of superhero storytelling is like a lot of people poke holes in it. And I think you're right too. Like I think these are like really fucking interesting conversations. Like I I, I don't mean to like come off as no. Yeah, feel free and, to dismiss and, it because it's Mark Millar and who gives a shit. <laughs> that's a totally valid argument. I'm just saying, I don't mean to come off as like antagonistic because like I honestly like I can imagine us like at a bar just like okay, well like let's be fucking real about this story and I right. think those are like super fun conversations. I'm I'm not trying to discount yeah. those. I think those are worth having, but also like it, it's one of those things where it's like well Batman would have prepared for anything. Like you can't be Batman because he's always prepared. And, and so it's the same thing with like Reed Richards, right? Where it's just like oh he's the smartest person on the planet. Like you can't pull one over on him. Like you don't think the second like an intruder would ha- broke into the 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 baxter building like he wouldn't have just like emptied his computers and sent everything to a backup drive like in the negative zone you know like it's just like where yeah. does the, where does the line stop but well listen i didn't think of this earlier i swear but here's my no prize uh the reason why reed richards doesn't do anything is because he's a dick <laughs> and right <laughs> after this they're going into civil war where reed richards has to be a super dick right. and yeah. so mark millar's just quietly planting seeds that's another reason why i don't like mark millar I don't like it. I, I, I happen to like a Reed Richards that's not a dick. I think it's a better Marvel universe when he's that kindly father that's helping everybody out. Uh, and that's just me. But I, I will say this. Isn't the whole storyline about Reed Richards' inventions, isn't that like a MacGuffin that goes nowhere, really, though? Because, like, they're always talking in the background. Ha-ha, the hand has all these inventions. We're going to do that. No, but it ends up being like, we got to get... All right, what do you got to say? Well, I got to finish summarizing the issue. Uh, <laughs> sorry, oh, we're bad at this, George. It's okay, it's okay. No, I wanted to have that conversation. That's why I, I had a para- uh, paragraph break right there. So that, uh, I'm glad we had that talk. Uh, but as Chad mentioned, uh, after docking a few years off villain sentences, uh, this shield strike force is reinforced with power in their ranks, including a tombstone that has like a fucking disco collar for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, and they're taking on a Hydra project called Null. This is a 200-foot-tall android dreamt up by Reed Richards to fucking eat Galactus the next time he shows up. He's like, yeah, it's going to eat. Wolverine describes it as like, you know how Galactus eats planets? Well, this thing eats gods. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, maybe no one should have that. Uh, Null was one of about 8,000 ideas stolen from Richards by Hydra. So it has to be like this. It has to be all or nothing. Gorgon and his partner Elspeth are talking intimately about the new world order to come when a missile barges through, exploding their residence when Wolverine, Elektra, and a dozen highly trained and armed shield agents teleport in. 
Using surprise, they stab Gorgon repeatedly, but it doesn't matter. Dude rises and systematically takes out everyone, starting with Elektra, until Wolverine is the last one standing. Barely standing, he is bloodied and broken, but still technically standing. Using his psychic powers, he reads Elektra's mind to find out where Fury is recovering. He teleports to the lobby of their hidden hospital, leaving Wolverine pinned to the wall by his blade. All right, so there we go. There's the... 8,000 ideas they went, but I thought it was the terraforming. I thought that was the idea they loved. And now well, that was like, the bomb they were going to use to blow up the president at the end of issue 25. Did that ever happen? No, No, because Rachel Summers dis <laughs> dismantled God. it using her. No, no, no. Read and, a and fucking you, book, Andy. God. If you had a giant robot that could eat Galactus, the last person I'm going to be like, let's get Tombstone to go and fight. I don't care who. I don't, that's not the first person I would think of of all yeah, the baddies. This, this seems like an all hands on deck situation. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, you're I, right. I, you're, I, you're right there. No, no, no. All right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Superman just, shows up in the next issue. It's gonna be fine. That's right. <laughs> My only other poking holes in Mark Millar stories is how can Wolverine talk so much with a sword in his throat? Wouldn't that impede the whole like language voice box? I don't know where the voice box lives, but I think it's somewhere in there. It keeps I think Cana healing. Canadians are built different. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it like just keep healing around the sword temporarily and then just exploding again? So he's just able to get like a couple. I don't know. Oh, is that why he has the Deadpool circles around it? It's kind of like tinny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the echo off the blade. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Vibrating. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. That's mm -hmm. if that's what you're really you're poking holes in. I, I'm, I'm fine with that one. Like, that's, that's a literal cool. hole, like in the throat. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Wolverine 31 comes out August 24th, 2005. Wolverine gets unstuck and makes his way towards Fury. Gorgon is in the lobby of Shields Infirmary, reading Electra like a book, revealing that the Vatican has paid her to assassinate him, which is my favorite, like, Mark Millar doing, like, a Warren Ellis impression and being like, but what about the real-world politics of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, this guy's, like, fighting the light of God. Yeah, fuck yeah, the Vatican would to pay rubies or whatever jewels they've got in Rome <laughs> to, to get this shit taken care of. Here's a bunch of amethysts. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. We have all this frankincense left over. I am, so. like, Hispanic enough to be Catholic, but I am j j just lazy enough to not know anything about it. So there there we go. I, I don't know what currency they use in, in, in the, the, the papal sea. Uh, so <laughs> shield guards open fire on Gorgon, but he does that cool thing where he blocks the bullets with a spinning sword, which is one of my favorite dumb tropes that uh, I refuse to hear anything about it not being... One of the ten <laughs> coolest fine. things you, yeah. you could do. All ninjas do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine is trying to teleport to the infirmary, but his pack isn't working, only moving him a few blocks at a time. Gorgon makes his way through the hospital with ease, turning people to stone and lopping their heads off. Just when he's about to kill Fury, Wolverine comes flying through on a jetpack, pulling Gorgon out with him. A vicious all-out blade fight unfolds on a nearby New York rooftop. Matching each other blow for blow, things go well until Gorgon has the upper hand. Using his psychic powers to root through Wolverine's mind, he tries to find the perfect memory to hurt him with. 
He goes to lower his sunglasses to turn Wolverine to stone, who uses his claws to make a reflective surface, bouncing his power right back at him, turning him to stone instead. With one punch, Wolverine shatters Gorgon to sand, collapsing in victory. And we get a little epilogue here. Spider-Man shows up on the scene with no clue what's going on. Wolverine tells him to tell Fury he's sorry, and it's not over yet. Fury later calls Kitty Pride to give her an update. Elektra is gone and rumored to have restarted the hand in Eastern Europe as her own private militia. Wolverine is AWOL, but bodies are popping up everywhere. 1,800 additional bodies at this point, by the way. Like he's looking for something, and he's getting, and it's getting harder for Fury to cover for him. Turns out Wolverine was looking for a burial site, the resting place of Ichiro's boy, finally giving his family closure in the wooded foothills of Japan. Mm. And that concludes Wolverine. Agent of Shield. What do we think of that final? final well, it, it, the the fight was good. Uh, the ending of the fight was simultaneously brilliant and lazy. <laughs> what? Wasn't, wasn't that what? No, Perseus I mean it's did, like, it, right? it's the classic trope. It's like how do you beat a Medusa? You show it a reflection. Like you, you all you saw it coming. Like a like a. So it's like, again, it's brilliant because like, you're like, yeah, that's how you beat somebody like that. But it's also lazy because you're like, yeah, that's how you beat somebody. <laughs> that story is literally 4,000 years old. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it, but like a lot of things in this story, everything is a rehash of a rehash of a retread. So it's just made nicer. And, and, and But it's not un, 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 unenjoyable. Like it's enjoyable. Like I, I. I will say this. I got to the last issue. Uh, I didn't care why they were fighting. The fighting was cool. And I didn't care about the epilogue. Like, after the Gorgon fight, I, I just checked out. Oh, I like the epilogue, too, because it, it calls back all the way to issue 20. What got Wolverine into this mess in the first place hmm. was, you know, investing his or, you know, trying to find his uh, ex-wife's nephew who had been kidnapped. But, uh, but at the end of this story, you get Wolverine that's badass. You get Gorgon who's badass. You get a 4,000-year-old ending, also badass. And there's just so much badass here. Like, it works. This is a Mark Millar story. Like, you don't want to look too closely at the details. They're having this brutal knockdown drag-out fight over a pro Nick Fury who has his arm or his hand all wrapped up in bandages and like can't move or anywhere, but can still smile sometimes because he's Nick Fury and he's a he's a wily old coot. But I'm, uh, I'm I'm surprised he didn't have a cigar sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> to be completely honest. Heck yeah! And then they show him at the end where he's all healed up just with his arm in a sling or whatever. But uh, and poor North Star, he's locked up there. He's gonna be Shield's uh, go-to killer guy next once they get him deprogrammed and reprogrammed. Uh, and I don't know. There was all sorts of just badassery, and I think that's what you want out of a Mark Millar story. Put yeah. your your brain in check and just let it ride out and enjoy enjoy what comes. You think it, it, like, Fury liked those guys fighting so near to him? It, it kind of had shades of that uh, one episode of Seinfeld for me, where it's like George is. <laughs> goes visit his mom in the hospital it's like something else going on and like the next you're like oh yeah that, that's going on oh look at these guys fighting over me and yeah, it's just 
It was weird because it was that in was, a hospital room. That was completely different. He was in a bet with his friends to see who could go the longest without masturbating. And then it was like a nurse <laughs> giving a sponge bath. That's a little different. I do agree it was a little cucky, right? Like with with Nick Fury just like sitting there watching them fight. Uh, I, I agree with that. <laughs> he had like wide eyes. He's like, oh, man, I... I uh, luckily, I'm strapped down here. The right hook. Give him the right hook. Yeah. <laughs> Get it in. Get in there. It's... No, I, but no. Um, no. I, why was Spider-Man in it? Why? That's the only other question I have. Why? Why, why have that scene with Spider-Man? Yeah. And John Romita got to draw uh, Daredevil in the last arc. And did he draw Iron Man? He got to draw Iron Man in the last arc. He's taking the tour of all the characters he likes to draw. So Spidey hadn't been there yet. Put him in. Two pages. Are you okay, what? buddy? What was Spider-Man doing at this time? He was really confused, which is the funniest part. He's just like, what's going on? It's like, I think you can guess. <laughs> Remember that time we told you to not come out because of the like the gag order or whatever on heroes temporarily because of Hydra and, and, and yeah. aim and no, white light. And but all no, it's a serious question. You guys are continuity wonks. What was happening in Spider-Man at this exact time? So pre-civil war, remember was all the JMS stuff up until aunt may get shot. And then he goes uh. back in black for a little bit. And then we're like, Oh wait, no, that was stupid. And then they do other stuff. He unmasks. I was, I was just curious because I wasn't reading Spider-Man at this time. I didn't read a lot of the Jade. Well, yeah. I think honestly, at this time, the reason the reason John Romita Jr. is drawing this is because he's no longer on the Spider-Man book, right? This is Mike Deodato Jr. on the Spider-Man book. I think this is happening simultaneously with the the New Avengers story, right? Where Spider-Man first joins, and like there's a version of oh fuck, he's fighting Hydra in that story too. This story's a mess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna say too. Way, I'm getting you back to the fact that this is a mess, unless it's like its own story. It's, it's a, a fun what mess, if. though. It's yeah. a fun mess. And Mark Millar goes on to write a Marvel Knight Spider-Man book, that where was, they that auction little, off Venom. Yeah, it's like two years earlier. down the road. Oh, was it earlier? It was or before later? this. Yeah, you keep referencing Civil War. Civil War is totally on the horizon. You're right, but this is like the summer of House of M. Oh. And so I think this was like the last hurrah. Like every time they got like all these like bullshit mutants in, it's just like, yeah, enjoy them while you can. <laughs> like, there you go. Well, no, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I I have, I had stumbled across the Wolverine Enemy of the Estate or Enemy of the State Deluxe Edition, blah 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 blah. But they tack on an extra issue here of the Mark Millar run, where Wolverine is back in Nazi Germany. Yes. Yeah. And like, it's supposed to be this poignant Wolverine story, but it's preceded by 12 issues of Wolverine causing almost as much damage and bloodshed as World War II. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's hard to really, you know, embrace that one. Like, after Wolverine just killed thousands and thousands of people. I, I do dig the uh, Carrie, the, the Kari Andrews art in that one, though. That's nice. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Kari Andrews. I got to interview him a few years ago uh, when he started his Iron Fist story. Okay. Uh, 2014, I think. Incredible stuff. Good, good grief. Also, nice. I noticed, uh, sorry, Chad, you're, you were reading like the single issues, right? Like you, you found like your old floppies of these. Well, I did. Well, no. So that's another thing about this book. I had picked up the trade uh, on the cheap at a convention somewhere and enjoyed it so much that whenever I would come across the single issues, like, no, I need this in singles as well. 
And so it's one of the few series that I've doubled up on the original issues and the collection itself. Well, I saw the back of one of those single issues and it had an ad for Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Uh, and I was just like, oh, yeah. This, so this was around the time I was playing that. Oh, there you go. There's One of them has an ad for the Universal Spider-Man ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them had an ad in there for the Bendis uh, Ultimate Spider-Man video game as well. That game is excellent. Yeah. And all the, the overpower card games. Like, there's a lot of fun ads in here. Exactly. They should have never got rid of ads in comic books. I miss, so many things I, I, I bought them, because of ads. I miss ads them so much because they contextualize the book, right? Like, it was just like, hey, here's, like, you're reading comic books, and that's, like, this part of culture. What about, like, what else is popular in culture at, at this time? It's like, I miss seeing the movie ads. Like, uh, Chad's holding up to the, the camera, like, a, a movie poster, a one-sheeter for Dodgeball coming to DVD, it looks like. Yeah. And it's Grab like, life by the ball. I mean, Sorry. I think honestly, it's those ads why like it's so important to me to like share things like the Billboard Hot 100 from the time this final <laughs> issue came out really quickly. Uh, Billboard Hot 100 for August 27, 2005. Number one was We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Uh, Number two, Don't Ya by the Pussycat Dolls and Buster uh, Rhymes. Number three, Ponda Replay, Rihanna's first single. Good shit. Oh, can't go wrong with Rihanna. Yeah, don't make that face, Andy. God. Uh, number four, Let Me Hold You by Bow Wow and Omarion. And uh, number five, You and Me by Lifehouse. Wow. I have no memory of that. I think yeah, that was no, on the Cinderella no, Story no. soundtrack, I think. That's why that song was popular. It was no. like them dancing in the gazebo. I guess. Uh, I'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I was 14 around this time, so I would believe me, too. I I think I was listening to a Adult Alternative at that point. Oh, real I think this fucking was, cool, this, Andy. This is 2005. I was like, what, the Postal Service and uh, oh. Iron and Wine and... Uh, the whole Garden State soundtrack. Exactly. I love that movie. I, was I, I love Natalie to, Portman. I was She's listening gorgeous. to Postal Service, too. <laughs> Listen to this, it'll change your life, <laughs> Natalie Portman. Well, that and yet, yet almost famous too, right? Like, same sentiment where it's just like, listen to Tommy with a candle burning and you'll see your whole future. <laughs> uh, really quickly, too, August box office for 2005. We got Dukes of Hazard, number one. Fuck yes! That's an underrated movie. That is a Johnny Knoxville. That is certainly a movie. I'll give you that. Jessica yeah. Simpson was never as hot as she was in that movie. And some of the Broken Lizard guys were involved with that one. Jay Shandrakar, he directed it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, Wedding Crashers. That's another That's good one. Number three, Four Brothers. Don't remember that. Is Mark, that a gang? Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese. Maybe. I never sort saw of. I I fucking hate Mark Wahlberg. I pretend he doesn't exist unless I'm watching Boogie Nights. Nice. <laughs> I, can't, I hate him ever since he used to be what in the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And my my one of my sisters loved that. This is music video where he's like, I don't know, like uh, bench pressing like two cinder blocks. I'm just mm-hmm. like, just buy some fucking weights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like. No, just buy just, some fucking weights. He just commits like hate crimes. I mean, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to like that, if you want to like that guy, that's up to you. That's cool. Piece of shit. Uh, number not you, not your sister either. I'm sorry. Uh, number four, forty year old virgin. <laughs> oh, that's another great one. Yeah. Love that movie. Love that movie. Steve Carell. That's oh, great. God. 
Yes. Now I'm Somebody, painting your silver pants blue. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> there's so many people in that movie that are now people. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jonah Hill just wanted to buy those weird shoes at the eBay store, and he's nominated there you for go. a couple Oscars at this point. Look at him. Look at him uh, now. Was, Paul Rudd's Quiet Conquest of all of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Death Rogan, the other people that worked at that store. Wasn't, what's, uh, what's Jane, the... Jane Lynch was there? Jane Lynch, yeah. yeah. She was like... She's the manager. Yeah. Right. See, like, they all, they were all in that movie. It was, it was a gold mine. People and, uh, that we give a shit about now. Right. And uh, <laughs> number five, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp remake. Ew. I never, I never saw it. Yeah. yeah. I'll anyway. say ew. Anyway. All those movies make me uncomfortable. Any mention of schnozberries, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> except for Super Troopers. That's true. Ex- except for that one. Except for Broken yeah. Anyways, to wrap up on the story, if you had to give it a grade, Andy, starting with you, what would you think? Uh, sorry, what, what do you think you'd give? Uh, uh, this is definitely a B. I think a B. I think oh. it's a good, it's a good, it's a good book. If you don't, like comics then you should read this book like if you just want to read a comic book but you don't like comics you should read this book because it's very much like it's an action movie it's it's enjoyable as long as you don't have to think about much going on and you're just like that's awesome because he's writing a fucking sentinel that's i i I was in the mood for that and it's so much better than the beginning of this like it's so much better like I, i don't know why i hated wolverine being a bad guy but i did it didn't make a lick of sense it seemed forced and contrived but this him being a killing machine on the side of justice sure that's that's what we can deal with thumbs up from andy yeah Yeah. chad what did you think so my opinions are are probably the diametric opposite i think this was the weaker half of the story is the revenge half like, I enjoyed Wolverine going up against the heroes and all that other stuff going on in the first uh, six parts of this, The Enemy of the State. Um, but this this is an A. This is a leave your brain at the door, sit down and enjoy it. And you, you hit the nail on the head. You could give this to someone who's not a comic book fan and say, hey, you want to watch somebody be badass? Here you go. And we didn't, I don't think we stressed enough how cool Gorgon is as a villain. And think of how few really cool villains have been created in the last 20 years. There's not many. Like, you get the Gorgon, you get uh, the Hood, and Mr. Negative. And I think that's it. Really? Yeah. Oh, Na- name a, couple, a cool villain of that's Hickman books, but all right, all right. been created. Oh, uh, Corvus Glaive? Come on. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there. Oh, I, I, um, uh, I, I actually do think that the, um, what's what's his face from the, He's in the God uh, Love and Thunder movie, but the, he's Christian. Oh, gore. Gore, uh, oh, gore, yeah, gore, gore the God cool. Butcher in the actual comic. He's awesome. Like that is a really good story that Jason Aaron does with Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. So that's a cool villain, like that was created. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying, you're counting on one or two hands. It's yeah, not much more than that. Your point stands, Chad. Absolutely. So what's uh, your I, grade? I I agree with Chad here, Andy. Like I I can see your argument for it. I think it reads. I, I think it's interesting because it feels like 
you know how like we're comic book nerds you know how it's just like you want to give someone a comic book that'll change their life right it's just like hey like maybe this will hey, do for you what it did for me hey natalie portman put these headphones on and read these issues of wolverine <laughs> like i don't think this is that book i think this is the equivalent of like have you ever like gone to the beach with someone and they like bring like a specifically shitty book because they're like i just want to read a shitty book at the beach i don't want to read like yeah dense like i i just want to yes. like read like you know girl the dragon tattoo or the 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 mr gray will see you now 50 shades of gray that's what it's called oh they're like i just want to read that at the beach i'm like okay like i get that i think this is that book and i think it's interesting that the story is pretty much the inverse of kill bill right like kill bill one is like a murder fest and then kill bill two like what four people die and it's just like super intimate and then I don't think, granted, he killed 400 S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, but we don't really see it that often. Like, it's really, it's the moments where he's, like, trying to infiltrate uh, the Baxter building. It's the moments where he's trying to fight Daredevil. Like, those are the moments that, like, really stand out in the first six issues. And so it feels like that's, like, the Kill Bill Part 2. And then this is Kill Bill 1, where it's just, like, all right. Like, you saw him try to take on heroes. You want to see him just, like, really fucking turn people into, like, slices of salami. Like, here you go. And the the other thing I don't think we brought up, Electra killed all those shield agents and knew what she was doing, but she was in deep cover. It was yeah. very deep cover. Okay, that's definitely a, a war crime. Like we were we were, <laughs> we were, we were loose on like uh, on attacking like you know zombified ninja terrorists and like okay, it's like you're invading like what's probably like a sovereign state, like you're taking over a city, like that's probably like a, a question mark. But like man, murdering four hundred agents of the state like that's that shit will get you in fucking uh the hague for sure <laughs> like, and i don't know any other way to say it for sure <sighs> andy but it's mark millar so who cares it's oh mark sorry millar. go ahead uh, it's, no you're right it's mark millar so who cares do you guys so like uh, opinion of mark millar i just think he's like a cover song of warren ellis like i just think he like tries his best to intimidate or sorry, not intimidate, to imitate Warren Ellis. And I think it works sometimes. Like, I think the Ultimates is good, but the Ultimates just feels like kind of a cover song of, like, The Authority. Do you guys have any any opinions on that? I, I think that Mark Millar is a guy that, honestly, he has really good ideas. I don't think I've ever in... I don't think he's ever stuck a landing for me at all, ever. Like, for example, Red Sun. Red Sun is awesome for like the first issue, right? Where it's like, this is the conceit of like Superman landing in Soviet Russia and being raised as a Soviet. It starts going off the rails the moment they're like, also Batman would show up. And you're like, no, that that doesn't make sense. Like why would Superman landing in Soviet Russia mean that there'd be a Batman in Soviet Russia? That doesn't make any fucking sense, Millar. Uh, they explain it years later in Doomsday Clock. That the oh, DC God, come on. This is a three-issue arc. you got to explain it in the story, dude. Yeah, That's how it no, works. Doomsday, Doomsday Clock came out like 17 years after Red Sun, so that, but that, was a, that, that was a bullshit answer, I promise. There was that. There's like Civil War, which I thought started awesome because I was just like, whose side are you on? Are you on Captain America's side or are you on Iron Man's side? And it's just like they have valid points maybe. No, eventually I'm just going to make all of the people on Iron Man's side be douche nozzles. And so you're all automatically going to, so you're not sticking the landing there. Eventually you're just going down this rabbit hole. And I could I name like a thousand other ones. I just don't think he sticks landings, Chad. And I'm going to argue with you. And I'm also going to argue with George. 
Warren Ellis wishes he was Mark Millar. You know why? Get the fuck out of here. You know why? Why? Listen, I love Warren Ellis. I love Transmetropolitan. Warren Ellis is great. Warren Ellis is an artiste. Okay. Mark Millar is a mother-loving content producer. He knows what the people want. He knows that people want Batman to show up in that Superman story, so he's putting them in. He knows people want to see Wolverine go all berserker in the nude, so he puts that in. He knows they want that shower scene where he's like, oh, oh, the U.S. Army Rangers have to kill bunnies. He knows what people want. He knows what itches he needs to scratch. He knows when to put in those quiet scenes of humanity. He is like the Hollywood populist uh, writer. And Michael you Bay. Do- Call it as it is. He's a Michael Bay. But here's the thing. I, for whatever reason, can enjoy Mark Millar's stuff. And Michael Bay movies, I have a hard time sitting through. But... <laughs> I wouldn't have gone Michael Bay, honestly. The way you're describing, it, I was like, "Oh, so he's Spielberg, and then like Warren Ellis's Scorsese, right?" Or right. Uh, I wouldn't go as high. A compliment is a Spielberg, but yeah, he's well, just like he's popcorn, a, a popcorn movies, right? Like a, a exactly, movie. and that's why he's so successful. That's why the Millerverse was sold out to Netflix because this is a guy who knows what buttons to push, and are they original buttons? No. Or do they do they matter with the continuity and all the things that have come before? Heck no. But are they badass? You bet your bippy they are. Yeah. And that's what Mark Millar brings to the table. Right. I mean, he does give you Venom Dinosaurs and Old Man Logan. Although that's another series. Another series that doesn't stick the landing. It promises heavy things in those first three issues. And by the time you just get, you know. Oh, get you off know, your high horse and hop on a Venom Dinosaur. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what with the Hulk and Hulk like. Inbred Hulk? Yes! Inbred Hulk babies? Because she's the only one that can take the poundings? That's what it says in that fucking... <laughs> but also to Andy's point, Old Man Logan is... It's just forgive. It's just unforgiven, right? Like, it's <laughs> that's all it is. It's, it's it, just, is. it is! But you're reading a Wolverine book. Isn't that what you want? Yeah, you do. It wasn't Logan the best Wolverine movie? <sighs> yeah, it was. All right. What, what is your take on Mark Millar, then, as we wrap this up? Um, I I genuinely like him. I think it's confusing just because all the stories seem so epic, like they should be events. Like this could have been like a fun Marvel event, right? Like Wolverine becomes like a, the prime suspect, I guess, like in the Marvel universe, right? And then like all these books are reacting to it. Oh, please, please, please! I have to interrupt. But it wasn't. It was issues twenty through thirty-one of his book. That's and what good I'm saying. God. Yeah. Do I miss when events were issues 21 to 32 or whatever of the book? <laughs> I don't need Spider-Man 16.H to tell another side story for whatever silly event. Just oh, give me was, a quality book. That was the worst part of Nick Spencer's run on Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, no, it wasn't. There were so many bad parts. It's hard yeah, to pick Yeah, but all the worst. decimal issues. It's just like, dude, if this is so important, just put it in the fucking story. Like, Honestly. If, if, if you want this to be in the story, you should put it in the fucking story. And I, I don't even blame Spencer for that. That's just how Marvel's been doing things these last few years. Imagine if they let Nick Spencer write a book that was one book a month. And he dope. could pace it out and be Nick Spencer. Because when Nick Spencer's good, he's great. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> um, so I, like I said, I think he's kind of like a, a cover song of Warren Ellis. Chad, you, you raise excellent points. Um, Mark Millar is laughing all the way to the bank and Warren Ellis is not. So like, yes, that, that point is, is well met. But um, God, 
damn. I just wish his books... I think this would have been a better eight-issue story, right? Like, I don't know if we needed 12 issues for this. Like, it's one of those things where I, I get, like, the, the trade paperback editorializing of it all, but I also think there was, like, probably some fluff, and if it was, like, more interestingly told than the way it was, then it probably could have been a shorter story. The way it's paced out, it feels like a, like a, like a 90s action movie, and I, I really like that. I don't mean to, to seem like I don't, but it's one of those things where it's, like, you're synthesizing parts of culture instead of creating new culture if that makes sense like instead of like being like the awesome uh example that people follow you're just like the 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 best combination of other examples if, if that oh, makes yeah. sense and mark millard it. doesn't it, he, yeah. he doesn't innovate he just gives you what you want that's fair oh yeah he's like a, like a cover band or, you know, somebody that's, here's the greatest hits album. You don't fan. need all the deep cuts off this. You I, just do, want... I don't even mean this disrespectfully, but it's like fan fiction, right? Like, and that's stupid because all comic books are fan fiction. Like, the, like there's no escaping <laughs> that, right? Like, but this really feels like, what if the craziest shit that could happen happened? And I do appreciate him going big every time he tells a story. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he, there's some original, there are some good ideas. Like, yeah. again, like, I, I think that to your point, um, I think there are some some there's some seeds here that I liked. I think that's why I gave it a B because like I was like eh, the seeds. I don't know. There's just too much stuff on top of it. It never had a chance to grow into something. Again, like I, I keep on going back to Red Sun. I thought that first issue was great. Like that was a great idea. And then I I don't know what happened after that. Like it just. Yeah, I can see the people that don't like Mark Millar's stuff. I honestly can. Uh, but this, these books, they grow into what they're supposed to be. <laughs> like they grow into what they are, and it's fun. I'm just it's glad just we got that. I'm just glad we got that moment of Andy talking about how much he likes Mark Millar's seed. spit up near so many comic books uh andy mm. where can people reach you on social media <laughs> well if you like this make sure that you tune in to the last comic shop podcast and you can find that over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com it's a terrific place where you can find all of these evergreen episodes uh as our as we say uh you can listen to anything like we don't make them specific to a particular week, although, I mean, sometimes there's these movie reviews we've got to do, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we're trying to put a catalog together of books that we have read, and if you've read them, enjoy them. We've got recommendations, a YouTube channel, we're talking independent comic creators and all kinds of stuff, uh, and Chad, where can you find us on the socials? Oh, on Twitter and Instagram, we're at at last comic shop, right? Yes. Yeah, I say that every week. I know God, that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, where we post all kinds of things, their weekly polls, their golden age covers that Andy puts up to put you to bed. There's uh, uh, all sorts of fun stuff, all sorts of comic talk. And yeah, with our show, The Last Comic Shop Podcast, it's just it's there so we can talk about books. And then it, once we're done, we recommend more books. Yeah. And so there you go. It and is we always is. recommend that you continue to listen to Short Box Summary. Because George is awesome.
Awesome. And he hasn't muted me yet. So thanks so much, George. It's been awesome being here, dude. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting me on your show. I think we, we talk about Daredevil pretty soon. Actually, you say that's next week's episode. Right? Yes, it's the 27th. All right, September I'm taking 27th. this Friday off. I've taken the last month off, and I want to give like a little explanation why at the beginning of this episode. But this is going to be the first episode after like a month back. So it's going to come out the same week. Look at that. That's synergy, baby. Wow. Two... Two up! Oh, oh man, we're gonna. This is a this is a team up of epic proportions. That's right. It's the epic crossover. That's right. You have to buy this issue and the other issue, and then I don't know. Put the back covers together, and it'll be an awesome picture. Everyone oh. knows comic book fans love thirty tie-ins for every event. <laughs> Everyone That's right. That. Little did they know the sky was red while we recorded this. Exactly. <laughs> so. There was a little triangle in the upper corner. When that, when it was just like, oh, this is a crisis tie-in, and it was literally just like red skies outside of an office building, like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that concludes uh, this episode of Shortbox Summary. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please follow Andy. Please follow Chad. Please follow The Last Comic Shop. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's one of the only comic book podcasts I actually listen to, so, so please please listen to it also. Thank you so much for being here and we'll be back in your ear holes next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Very cool.